Welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Bontoon, and on this podcast, we will be exploring the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the perspective of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious, open mind. I'll share lessons and tools I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, healers, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. Hello and welcome to Third Eye Science. Before we jump into the episode, I want to share a couple of offerings that are coming up that I'm really excited about. First, my weekly classes on Monday evenings at 5.30 p.m. Pacific on Soul Tribe Online. And this month we are focused on the generous heart. It's been incredibly beautiful and expansive. And the group has the group energy is really uplifting. And what's cool about all of my offerings is that we, we have a live session, but I also record everything. And so it's found on the Soul Tribe Online archive. I I upload it that evening. So even if you can't be there live, you can join us in the ethers because on the quantum field, time and space is not linear and we're together again (laughs) whenever you watch the class. So if you have been thinking about starting a new practice, really trying to get into meditation. Maybe also you've been thinking about how you want to connect to your own inner uh, knowing, your inner voice. All of these things are aspects of what I share in my weekly class. Uh, Membership to Soul Tribe Online is free for 10 days if you want to try it out. And after that, the memberships start at just $35 a month. And it's really a growing community with incredible space holders that are creating things, creating experiences that are so unique and unlike anything else you see out there. So you can join for maybe you're interested in in my classes and then you check out some of these other offerings and you'll find that it's really expansive. So we would love to have you join. Um, click the link in, in the show notes and you'll find out how to join and more info. And then the other thing I am really excited about is our upcoming 
retreat. It's our first Soul Tribe Online is gathering together. There are five of us that are holding space in this retreat, and it's our first ever in-person retreat. It's also the first in-person teaching that I'm doing since before the pandemic. So I'm really excited about it. It is March 18th and 19th in the Pacific Beach community of San Diego. We have a really wonderful host who is part of our tribe and she is just an amazing soul. She's really into regenerative regenerative living and she is, um, I'm just so excited to be in her space and invite all of you there. So we're coming together for these two days. It's a Saturday and Sunday. And the price of the retreat is $2.99. And that includes my offering is sensitivity is your superpower. There will also be a walk in beauty and poetry, yoga nidra sound journey, beach medicine walks, regenerative community design teachings, and we culminate with a holotropic breathing breathwork session. It's going to be really expansive and deep. I'm getting really excited about it. We have um, quite a few people who have signed up already, and we're really open to having a good group of people there. So if you feel a tug to um, be in community and have this a kind of a retreat experience. This is really a perfect way to dip your toe back in. It's not going to be a huge um, gathering. It's not going to be, it's in a private home. It is less of a financial commitment. It's only two days. So it's really a perfect way to kind of get yourself a little bit of a restart to our spring. The other thing that is so exciting about it is that it is the week, well, it's the weekend of my birthday. My birthday is March 17th. So it's right after my birthday. And then we're just days before the spring equinox and the new moon in Aries. So it's going to have a lot of activation energy in it. So if you are interested, click the link in the show notes and we are will be ecstatic to have you and if you can't make it that weekend stay tuned we'll have we'll definitely be holding more and I will be creating more online op- opportunities to connect um, in the coming year all right now let's move on to the episode enjoy Hello and welcome. Welcome to Pisces season. (laughs) Yay! I can't really even emphasize how dramatic this shift 
when we entered Pisces season, how dramatic it was for me. And I'm hearing from other people that it felt really different. We had the new moon in Pisces on Sunday evening. It was like around 11 p.m. Pacific time. And that day, I can honestly say, felt like the best day of my life. (laughs) It was like nothing, you know, super spectacular happened. I was at home, but I will say I was in my zone of like my happy place uh, with the, I was in a course. It was the start of a new course I'm doing with Satdev Beer intuitive development, which is just so fun. I'm, and I realized I also, we started our, um, on soul tribe online, we started a new session of our Delta experience. I I think I've briefly mentioned this in the past, but it's part of the gene keys teachings and seven of us come together and basically move through this very specific sequence and really connect for eight weeks. And we just started a new one that same day. And the beginning of the day started with um, a class well, I, you know, did my normal sadhana, nothing like extraordinary or spectacular happened in sadhana. And then I did the, this class called um, tuning and art with Eve Hanstra on through Soul Tribe Online. It's such an interesting and uh, unique experience. She basically walks us through this art process and where you, you don't have to have any art experience and you basically kind of like draw on the page. You allow your soul to kind of draw through you, draw lines or dots or whatever it is. And then you sit with it and she does biofield tuning while you're in your process and it's all connected. She is also very, she knows a lot about gene keys as well. I know at some point I need to have a few of these people on the podcast and have conversations about gene keys because I'm really just scratching the surface of it and it's so powerful. So it's, All this is just to say that I, those are the favorite things I, this is what I love to do is to, (laughs) to do, to dive deep into esoteric teachings, (laughs) to dive into experiences, to create. And so in that creative process that morning, I made a drawing And I used, I have all these art supplies. I've always been into art, um, but it comes and goes. You know, I always have something that I'm kind of creating in like, or a, 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 a modality of creativity 
that's present in my life almost always. Um, and I'm just coming back to drawing and painting and I haven't really done it in quite some time. So it's been really fun. And I pulled out my art supplies and found I had all these pastels, which are, it's almost like if you've never worked with pastels, it's like, it's a mix between chalk and a crayon. <laughs> and so you can, you draw on the page and it. I have, and I, th- this box of pastels are literally from when I was a child. I've moved them <laughs> across the country, all around Santa Cruz County and hadn't opened them in, in probably, yeah, 30 years. And so it was so fun because what I love about them is that you then use your fingers to just smudge the color and it's very different from other, any other uh, medium in my experience. And so it just was so fun to like have no, you don't have any expectation of what it's going to be, what, oh, it has to be this beautiful thing. I'm, you know, I have a vision of what it is and then, and then I don't meet it. It's not like that. It's just like, creating for the sake of creating. And what I have always loved, and I loved this about painting as well, was um, blending colors and just playing with colors. So it was just so activating for me. And this is not about like, oh, you guys should do what I'm saying. It's that like finding there's something within you or something, some experience in the world that maybe you have not been engaging in and you could come back to it and feel completely activated by it. And I really encourage you to, if you haven't experimented with creativity in some way, like art or dance or um, singing, you know, any music, any kind of creative activity, it is such a good time to get into it and do it for the sake of creating, not because you want it to be good (laughs) or you want it to, yeah, there's just no, yeah, it, it really needs to be about an expression of you, not an expectation. And So coming back to Pisces season, this is so, such a big part of Pisces season. So whether you, I am a Pisces, so this just is like my happy place. (laughs) But even if you're not a Pisces and you don't have a lot of Pisces energy, so I highly recommend pulling up going onto astrology.com or someplace where you can you can just search natal chart. You do need to know the time, the exact minute of your birth. If you don't know the exact minute of your birth, you can still find out uh, a few of the things, but the moon is 
the moon might change the, the rising sign. I think you'll still get the rising sign as long as you're within the day and the place. You also need to know the, the exact place you were born. But I highly, highly recommend at least doing that and, and knowing your sun sign. Your sun sign is the thing that you hear about. That's what, when I say I'm a Pisces, it's because my sun the sun was in Pisces when I was born. But knowing your moon and rising signs are incredibly, incredibly insightful. <laughs> um, so I highly recommend doing that. And we all have every sign in our chart. We have planets, you know, that fall in a sign. And there are many planets, right? There are planets and, and then there are other things like asteroids. There, there are lots of things that impact us. And you may have lots of, when I say lots of energy in a specific sign, I mean, there are many planets in that sign. And planets that have like a bigger influence are those closer to us on Earth. We have the inner planets, and those kind of have a lot to do with our inner life. And then the outer planets, which are on the, you know, further away from Earth and further away from the sun, those are have a lot to do with our outward life experience. And so even if you don't have any planets in a specific sign, it still falls in a house. So each house has um, specific areas of your life that are impacted by that sign. And so you can kind of just very curse, do a cursory look and see where does Pisces fall in your chart? What house? Then look up what does that house mean? And then if you have planets in Pisces, you'll know that those planets, so those planets have, you know, you can look up the meaning of those planets and those planet planets are in their you know, they're coming back around to your natal, where they were when you were born, if you're in this, if they were in Pisces. So it just will feel more comfortable, more expansive, more activating. And I I have not only the sun, but I also have Jupiter, which is the the planet of expansion, it also is associated with, with Pisces. So it's really happy in Pisces. And then I have Mercury in Pisces, which is this, the planet of communication. And so it's, it's all, it just may leads up to me feeling really good in Pisces season. (laughs) And so I'm just, again, just saying that so that you can kind of get an idea of how I work through how I've determined that from my own chart and you can look into your chart and you might find that 
oh, now I understand why I feel so good at this time of year by looking at your chart or why things feel challenging sometimes. So coming back to for all of us, regardless of what your chart, what's going on in your chart, Pisces season is about emotions, (laughs) flow, intuition, dreamy, um, dreams and, um, aspirations. Really, it's quite mystical and magical. It's the final sign of the Zodiac. So it's really a culmination of the astrological year. So you're pulling everything together. And one thing I read recently, or just yesterday, was someone, a woman um, who has an account and a website called Attune to the Moon. And she's an astrologer. And she was talking about how many people think of Pisces as like the deep oceanic waters, which of course is very, you know, meaningful to me as a deep sea biologist. But also she thinks of Pisces as the water cycle, which I thought was so interesting, such an interesting way to think about it. In that, so the water in the ocean and lakes and, you know, on land, we have water. And then it evaporates into the clouds and eventually it rains and comes back down and flows through the rivers and winds up back in the ocean or the lake. And so it's this water cycle. And it really is a beautiful way to think of Pisces that not only are we at the end, are we feeling all our feelings, we're emotive, we're, we're, really in that dream space. And I mean that literally and figuratively. So like really connecting with your dreams, your your dreams that happen while you're sleeping. Perhaps if you've never kept a dream journal, this would be a great time to do so. I every night before I go to bed, before I go to sleep, as I'm laying there, I um, this is something that Satya Beer gave us as a recommendation in our community class on Tuesdays that so I say to myself, my subconscious has all the answers and I implicitly believe they will be revealed to me upon request, which I make now. And I request that I have lucid dreams And I request that I remember my dreams. And so really setting that intention, you don't have to say those exact words if that feels like too much. I, I wrote it down and had it next to my bed. And then after, you know, a week, it was just like in me. And so now I've been doing this for, I don't, I think it's been over a year, (laughs) maybe not over a year, but it really is working. Now I remember my dreams almost every single night. I also have started to have lucid dreams. So this has been really cool. Um, The example that happened most recently, 
I was still in this space. So as I was talking about this like dramatic shift, I, I can say <laughs> without hesitation, and I, you know, I talked about this in the last few episodes, that the last, well, certainly Capricorn season, the beginning of the year was just really the end of the year and the beginning of the year was challenging for me. I was, I got this horrible cold. I was sick. I really felt I was like I was in this liminal space, this in between. And then it, that continued through Aquarius season. So through January and up until just this past weekend, I was feeling like when I say the liminal space, this space in between, like, where am I? What? Where am I going? Where did I come from? What? What was happening? It was like this massive recalibration. And now that I've and I knew I wasn't like living my best life, but I, it wasn't really until the shift happened into Pisces season that I realized how challenging it had been because it feels just so, I'm so in flow and just, yeah, just really living, like I said, living my best life. And that, Again, it may not be your experience, but start to notice when these shifts happen for you and notice what's going on astrologically, what's going on in your life, what's going on in the world. Looking at the big picture is really helpful. So I, yeah, it was basically like, oh, yeah, that was really hard. And then I mentioned it to Saw and he said, he's been hearing that from many people that a lot of people were kind of feeling this like spiritual drought <laughs> for lack of a better term that like, it just, they weren't able to f- come into flow. And I was like, Oh gosh, I didn't, I hadn't really heard that from others. So I was really happy, you know, happy to hear that I wasn't the only one because I was really feeling alone in it. That was the other thing I was feeling disconnected. I, I wouldn't say that I was depressed or sad, although I had, I definitely had a few days of like deep sadness and I was processing a lot. I also was doing a lot of inner work um, as I always do, but this there have been a couple of shifts in that subconscious trauma response uh, where I'm really diving into what, where is this coming from? Why, why am I reacting? So when I got triggered by something and something upsets me, I, I really look at why, what, where's this coming from? And diving into where, what was the origin of this? Because the truth is that almost all of our trauma responses come from childhood. (laughs) And it's not to say that you necessarily had to have some like awful trauma with a big T childhood but we all had trauma in our childhood, little t trauma, where we felt 
abandoned by our parents, or we felt that we didn't, weren't getting, weren't receiving what we needed in some way. And it's not our parents' fault. It's that they didn't have the tools to give us what we needed. And it's because we are, have all been conditioned by society, by our families, by just these like agreements, these world agreements is how Sot refers to them. That this is, oh, you know, like, oh, boys don't cry. Or even, you know, me as a girl, like crying, it's not. And I, especially I, I grew up in a family where they're not incredibly emotive. And so I was the kid that was always crying. <laughs> I'm still crying. <laughs> not because I'm, there's anything wrong with me, but because I am an emotional being and I'm super connected to my emotions. I always have been. I always will be. It is my highest expression. I am a Pisces. I am a water. I also have a ton of water. So if you have other, the other water signs are Scorpio and Cancer. If you have planets and a lot of energy in those, you, you get what I'm talking about. So coming back to the dream, I was having, I had this very full, somewhat stressful week last week at work where we were producing three videos in one week. (laughs) So we basically, we were filming all three and it involved like three main characters, but so these are about you know, the some specific people that I work with, but then we really wanted to feature teamwork. And so each person has a team of whatever, five to 10 people. And so we're managing this whole, like, okay, how can we get this person interacting with this person at this time and doing that with three different groups of people? It was like this puzzle, right? And so we did a ton of work ahead of time. And then that week it was like, okay, game on. We got to just fully be here. And I wasn't doing it alone. I definitely had help, um, but I was kind of the lead producer. So it was just really (laughs) stressful. And not that anything bad happened or anything. It just is like a lot. It made me realize how much I was in the background still um, processing all of it. And so I had a dream this weekend where like the details of it aren't really relevant, but I was frustrated. It was basically, I was in this space. One thing I will say about my dreams is that they're never like the place where I am is never what it looks like in real life. And a lot of times it's someplace I've never been, but sometimes it's like, this is supposed to be my home or my school or my work. And it's not, you know, it's not at all what that place really looks like in our 3D world here, (laughs) my conscious world. Um, And so I was in some place 
and there were many different like shops or or maybe even people's homes. I can't remember the exact details of it. And I had been at one and then I left and and then I was supposed to come back and find it and I couldn't find it. And it was like really frustrating, really stressful, really like revving me up in this dream. <laughs> and I had this lucid moment where I was like, this is a dream. I don't need to stress about this. And I just like stopped. <laughs> like, like I'm done worrying about this. And then I woke up and it was like, wow, that was pretty magical. And it felt, I also had a dream this week where my, the, one of the people that I have been, uh, one of, you know, the traumas in my childhood that I've been kind of reprogramming, really diving into and trying to reprogram in my subconscious, um, that reprogramming occurred in the dream. So basically I was in a situation where I'm like rewriting the story so that my subconscious can let go of that pain and that fear that was created in childhood. And I I also should mention that this is coming from that I highly recommend to be magnetic, uh, Lacey Phillips, her process of manifestation really involves getting into the subconscious. So that's what I've been doing is like, she has these, she calls them deep imaginings in you. As you're listening, you essentially go back into your, you interact with your inner child. You find out the memory where this, the origin of this trauma came from, and then you reprogram it. So you create a new story. And this n- happened in my dream where the person who created a massive trauma in my life apologized to me. And I mean, that's like, I, re- I woke up and I was like, wow. This has never happened before. So I thought that was really interesting. And and to so like to have those two experiences, the lucid dream where I was like this is a dream and I'm going to disengage with this stress right now. And then the reprogramming both felt incredibly potent. And these things are happening you know, you're having dreams. Yes, there's science about how we're processing what we went through in the day. Um, but there's a lot more to it in my, in my opinion. And in my experience, there's a lot we can learn about our dreams. (laughs) And it's not just our brain replaying or re reorganizing what happened throughout our day. Um, So I invite you to experiment with the dream world and then also to expand into our dreams. Like our, our goals, our aspirations, 
So on a conscious level, what are your big dreams for your life? And that is something that you will benefit from diving into this month while we're in Pisces season. And by this month, I mean from February, whatever it was, 19th to March. I don't know if it's 19th or 20th when we move into Aries, but you get my, you get what I'm saying (laughs) this, this coming month. And so the other thing that I highly, highly recommend (laughs) you wrap your head around and get behind, get your energy behind is allowing yourself to feel. Now, if you are not a water sign or you don't have a lot of water energy in in your chart, this may not come naturally to you. And you might find, you might feel like, whoa, this, like these water seasons, even as I'm saying it, like, so cancer is in the summer, like June, June, July. And then Scorpio is late October, early November, Scorpio is like Halloween falls in there. Scorpio, I really feel, I think of as the death and rebirth energy. And so Halloween really fits perfectly in there, of course. And then Cancer, I think of the mother energy, this like unconditional loving, also very emotionally connected, um, and then us Pisces, we're really in in that intuitive, dreamy space of of emotional awareness as well. So, if you think of that time of year, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> maybe you're a Capricorn and and a Virgo, and <laughs> you have all these." Um, earth and air signs in your chart, maybe you're like, yeah, this just doesn't jive for me. So what you can do to help yourself feel um, or, you know, align a little bit more with the energy of the season is to quite simply allow yourself to feel. (laughs) And this may feel like this may sound, um, I don't know. I don't know how it sounds to people who aren't like me. So I I won't put words in your, in your mind, but it, by allowing yourself to feel, I mean, when say you get, you notice that you're angry or you're sad or you're happy like really allow it to come out in some way that is not harmful to others and really engage with it. Because regardless of what your chart says, it is 1000% true that our culture has trained us to suppress our emotions especially certain cultures, certain, you know, families, especially for male identifying people. It's 
just like not accepted to be emotional. It's like the perfect example is when um when a man, say in politics, is strong and assertive, he's seen as, you know, or like holds the line and really like doesn't has clear boundaries and is yeah, assertive. He's seen as a strong, powerful leader. Whereas a woman is seen as like domineering or overly, um, overly assertive or, you know, it's, it's just like not accepted for women to be as, as confident even. Whereas men, when they're more emotional, they're seen as weak. And that's, so ridiculous. Like people who are emotionally intelligent are also the people who can function and navigate relationships with so much more ease. So getting aligned with or getting yeah in tune with what emotions are coming up for you, where are they coming from, is there some trigger? What What is the trigger? Where does that go back to in your life? Like why, you know, did something happen in your childhood that makes these situations feel uncomfortable or scary to you? These all are ways that you can engage with your emotion. Another way, and I, I do think being creative really helps release the emotional energy as well. So again, getting into that creative space, what works for you with creativity? You can also physically really release emotion, but I'm not encouraging you to just um, do the physical thing and release the emotion. I actually am recommending you feel the feeling. <laughs> it's not about getting rid of it. It's about actually sitting with it and allowing yourself to feel it. And this isn't about like, if you're angry, this isn't about being an asshole <laughs> and like taking it out on other people. This is about why am I angry? And then maybe there is a physical release that need, especially with anger. Like maybe you do need to punch something, which I recommend having a punching bag, not a wall. <laughs> like thinking about what works. And then, yeah, with anger, that is another, all of like the exercise, like physical movement can really help with that. Um, but also releasing your voice, like scream, yelling in a safe space, not at someone, but just yelling can release a lot of emotional energy. So there are, those are just a few of the examples of things you can do. I also really highly recommend that you tune into your intuition during this time. (laughs) 
So for me, the number one way to do that is by having a meditation practice, which allows me to become the observer. It allows me to, so again, meditation is not about clearing the mind. This is what, this is one of the great misconceptions of meditation. Those of us who meditate all the time are not like in that blissful state every moment of meditation. We still have all the things, especially those of us who are still living in the world. Like if I were a yogi on a mountain or on a beach, I probably wouldn't have quite so many thoughts going through my mind. But I live in the world and I do, I interact with people all day long. And so that, of course, leads to thoughts. And also our mind, our the human brain is made to create thoughts and we're constantly, the mind is constantly trying to distract us <laughs> from this spiritual work that I'm talking about, like being in tune to your emotion, listening to your intuition. And so we do eventually need to quiet the mind a little bit. And so you get into a space with practice, you get into a space where you can then open up enough room, space in your energetic field to allow these messages from your higher self to come in. That is what intuition is. Intuition is not gut instinct. Like when your physical body has a reaction, that's instinct. That's like animal instinct, like a, you know, a big cat, like a lion on the Serengeti. They're, they're acting on instinct when they, you know, are in a dangerous or prey, you know, there's prey around. That's instinct. Intuition is not reactive, number one. It's also not impulsive. It feels completely different. And so you have to practice discernment. How can you discern that this thought or this idea is an intuitive hit, you know, intuitive guidance versus your ego in fear. And I have, I mean, I have so many examples of how I reacted in fear, but I thought it was the right thing for me. But it really is just a conditioned response. An intuitive response is going to feel calm. It's going to feel expansive. It may not be an easy thing to do, right? Your intuition may be telling you to do something that is like, may feel risky and your fear response is going to keep you from doing it, but it's not going to go away. That intuitive energy 
it's there. And so I, I, I find it really helpful to write things down as I get them. It, maybe it's like an inspiration. So it might happen while you're meditating. It might happen while you're in the shower. It might happen while you're um, on a run or, you know, doing something when you're in a space of flow. It's usually not going to happen when you're like thinking hard about something. It's going to happen when you've created space in your life. And then it's good to write them down and then sit with it. You don't have to act on it immediately. I mean, sometimes there are, you get a ping that's like, go to this place right now. And it's because your, your higher self is helping align you with like the person or the place or the experience that is going to help you. But often it is, yeah, it's something that you can sit with. And, and if it doesn't go away and it feels like it feels warmer That's the other thing is it's not, it feels for me, my heart expands. You know, I feel this openness when it's an intuitive guidance. Whereas when it's like fear, it feels like closing in and that can even be physical. Like, like as I'm saying this, like my shoulders are hunching and then open feels like shoulders back, chest open, head held high. So really, it takes practice. And I, I have had so many experiences of when I was first really getting in tune to my intuition, I misinterpreted things. And that's okay. It's part of the process. You have to keep practicing. And so as I practice more and more, now I'm getting more in tune And I still, as I mentioned, I'm doing a course. I'm taking a course with Satya Beer on intuitive development because I do not think you ever can stop expanding your intuition and your um, spiritual experiences. I think for me, it's, it's just this, it's something that I want to be constantly working with, experimenting with, expanding. So enjoy Pisces season, whether it comes naturally to you or not. Um, please just allow it to be, allow yourself to flow. If, if flowing is not your MO, usually <laughs> this is something to experiment with. Maybe let go of the regimented details. Let a little chaos into the into your life. <laughs> and see how it see how it feels. And then we're really kind of setting ourselves up this month. We're we're releasing that old stuff that is ready to go. Those subconscious trauma responses. This takes a lifetime, but you know, there might be some that you are really truly ready to release right now. And then we're releasing maybe some experience, some 
phase of our lives and then we're going to be renewed and really begin again with the astrological new year in Aries. Aries is fire sign. It's activating. It's about doing. It's about, it's really um, an energetic, electric kind of energy. Whereas Pisces is more receptive and magnetic and um, receiving kind of energy. So we always have these beautiful balances. We move through the year as you tune in you'll start to understand how these how the astrology really uh, takes us, guides us through the year. And there are lots of places you can learn more about astrology. I really love Rose Theodora. I love Channy Nichols. She she has really a short 15 minute weekly podcast that talks about the week ahead. It's I think that's actually what it's called the week ahead. <laughs> um, and there are lots of other I love a tune to the moon on on Instagram. I'll, I'll link all of these in the show notes. Or you know, there are so many astrologers out there. I basically now like when I on these new moon and full moon um, times I, my Instagram is just completely all about <laughs> the astrology. So I've kind of cultivated it, but you can find whoever really resonates for you. And yeah, really tune into what's going on for you. How, how is this feeling for you? And if nothing else, if you take nothing away from this <laughs> podcast, please just allow yourself to feel. That's something that I think everyone could do more of. <laughs> all right. Love you all so much. And um, I'll be back in a week or two. Please rate, review, subscribe or follow depending on where you're where you listen to your podcasts and share it with a friend. That's how you can really help us share this message and grow the podcast. Thank you. Love you all. Satnam. Namaste. Namaste.